welcome to the Gridiron 4th and 1 podcast. My name is Ashok, and with me I have Austin and Kieran. And this week we decided to present you guys with a, a fun little offshoot of fantasy in that we're drafting position groups by teams, including head coaches. And the idea was actually uh, presented to us by Kieran, so I'm going to give it to him and uh, let him introduce the topic further. Thanks, Ashok. Yeah, so I actually stole this idea, sort of. Um, I have a cousin who does a podcast. The podcast is called The Unathletic. Uh, Love the name, by the way. Um, Check it out if you're bored. Um, It's a bunch of young college kids doing a podcast on all things NBA, soccer, so Premier League, International, all that stuff. Um, And they were doing an episode based off of drafting NBA teams uh, that were kind of like almost like a fantasy style where the team came up and they picked a player from that team. So we're going to do something similar to that here where Ashok, Austin, and myself um, are going to – I believe that's the actual – is that the order? Austin, Ashok, and then myself. That's the order. My bad. Um, so they're going to pick a team and then they're going to pick a position grouping. And so just a heads up, the position groupings are the quarterbacks – uh, the running backs on the team, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line, defensive line, linebacking core, defensive back, like the secondary kind of deal, coach, front office. Um, and at the end, we're going to do like a fun little thing where uh, we're going to have each of the quote unquote owners or whatever pick a location. So what fan base you would want to pick. Not Chicago, obviously. We're all based out of Chicago, so we're going to say not Chicago to try to make it a little more interesting. And if you can think of a good expansion team, go for it. Um, that's always welcome. I love love the idea of that, if you can think of a good city. So without further ado, I think – are we ready to start, Ashok, Austin? Yes? I'm ready. Yeah, I believe Austin has the first pick. Um, so he gets – oh, also, um, just in case it wasn't clear, once a team has been chosen – they are no longer on the board. So you cannot pick, like, for example, since Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl, that you cannot pick the quarterback, the front office, the coach, the receivers. Um, we can only pick one of those. Um, right. But, all right. Um, yeah, draft day has begun. So, Austin, you're on the clock. <laughs> and let's, right. let's, let's do this real quick just to make sure that we stay kind of on track. Let's maybe keep it to, like, 45 seconds between deciding, you know, what, what team or position you want. And then you can go into why you wanted that team, but try to limit how long you're taking to pick whatever team you want. So about 30 to 45 seconds on that, we'll say for each, each pick. Um, so sorry about that. Go ahead, Austin. Okay. So I'll just, I'll explain my pick right away. I had this one kind of ready to go. I was really just debating between, um, What's more important, a front office or an O-line? This is a conversation based off a conversation I had with Nardo uh, recently. And I do think that – well, actually, I had a conversation about front office with you, Kieran, on the last podcast podcast episode, a conversation with Nardo. I think O-line is going to win out because I think talent trumps management. But it was a close call for me. But I'm going to take the best O-line, I think, uh, has been for a while. So I'll take Dallas. Okay. Uh, Ashok, how do you feel about that first pick? So, uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm actually a little disappointed uh, because <laughs> I was going to pick the Dallas front office as my number one pick. Get out. Uh, what? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I And 
I will quibble with Austin. I think the Dallas O-line has been declining over the years. I agree. It definitely has like name recognition. Um, and I'll get into like my O-line selection later on. Um, but all right, I have to, I have to pivot quickly because so, my number one. So, <laughs> hold, hold on. I, I gotta ask though. So you would have picked their front office with Jerry Jones as the GM, correct? Yes, completely. So a couple okay. different things. One, I, they actually do a good job drafting. I will have to Dak Prescott, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, CD lamb, uh, Trayvon Diggs, I think that's the cornerback. Micah Parsons. Trayvon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're really good at drafting. And, like, the other thing that I don't think is talked about enough because Jerry Jones is just an outsized personality is that he's an extremely loyal owner. He rewards people who who do good by him. He takes a lot of chances on people like Randy Gregory. I think Alden Smith was on the team. I mean – even Amari Cooper, he traded traded for him, gave up a first round pick, but I mean, yeah, which absolutely. is kind of rare in the NFL, and I mean, I think it turned out well for them. Yeah, and additionally, some of maybe his over exuberant picks that would have been chosen before are now tempered by his son Stephen, who's the GM, I think, in name. Um, I okay. believe he's the one who made him not pick Johnny Manziel and instead pick a guard, <laughs> Zach Martin, who's one of the best one of the best guards in the NFL, and that that was extremely prudent and. He's still the owner, but he actually listens to the people around him. Okay. Um, he builds a cachet, and like, like they are America's team. Like, there's no like two ways about it. Um, and then, as a, on like a personal anecdote, um, they're my second favorite team in the NFL solely because when we went to Dallas, be, like you're allowed to go on the field, and like for twenty bucks, you can go on the field, throw a football around, kick extra points, go into the locker room, sit at the uh, press conference chairs in front of the mics wear some pads like that's awesome and especially that's, you know, that's dope that's definitely dope like this is going to be shaded dallas because there's not much to do i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> you know so like honestly like it was a family trip in like 2011 2012 we went like we went to the place where jfk got shot and we're like hmm what next <laughs> and so this is like i just like her i was like you know esp like jerry world was just being built so we're like oh why don't we just see this huge stadium and big um like that screen the the, uh-huh. the jumbotron we're just like let's see it and um yeah it was super fun even my mom and dad like enjoyed it. you know take a picture on the star so like and that builds like that's stupid but it builds so much like cachet with like fans like myself i'm like all right i'm a fan done like could you imagine soldier field allowing anything like that no like no absolutely not it's garbage it's a garbage field run by a garbage (laughs) organization um and so um hopefully when they move to arlington they'll they'll consider doing maybe something like that especially because there's i would imagine they're going to build some sort of either dome or indoor facility or whatever it is also hopefully when they do that they'll they'll introduce people to that kind of idea Sorry, go ahead, Austin. Oh, I was saying they'll also own the, the stadium, and I think that makes a big difference on what they do yeah. and how they do it. That's true. Yeah. All right. Also, as, a, oh, sorry, as another side note to my love of Jerry Jones in Dallas now, uh, this was during the middle of the season. This is this December. 
Oh, wow. So, okay. yeah, we're on their game field. They're like, yeah, go enjoy it. You know, it's an entertainment, and, you know, he understands that. Um, okay. So, um, now that I wasted plenty more than 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Good first pick, Austin. Um, so, I'm going to pivot to my next on the draft board, uh, which is going to be the coach, actually. And I thought about this in a couple different light, just because we're building for the future. Even though I still think Belichick and probably Andy Reid are better coaches than this man, this guy's young enough and has plenty of, of a track record that I would want him to lead my organization, and that's Mike Tomlin, so the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, okay. And Interesting. He literally like has that. never had a – yeah, he's literally never had a losing season. Last year, he had a quarterback named Duck, and <laughs> yeah, I think that speaks for itself. They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs with a guy named Duck playing games for them. And I think he controlled Antonio Brown, which is a miracle unto itself, it seems. Um, And there's just a lot of things in that organization that, and that uh, Mike Tomlin just keeps under wraps and they just consistently produce a good product year after year after year. Um, and definitely that's the players, definitely that's the front office and the ownership, but um, he's the one leading the ship right now. And then I think, you know, yeah, they just beat the Titans today. Um, you know, it wasn't a pretty game at all, but they won. And, like, I think that's what you need from a coach. He, he extracts every little bit of talent um, from that. Okay. Um, so I, I will say I did have – I did consider the Steelers for coach as well. I did consider uh, specifically because of Mike Tomlin for the same reason that you had it as that he hasn't had a losing season, right? It, that's that's rare. So that means you're doing something in your organization. We're going to keep winning. Uh, one of the things I think maybe we forgot to point out in the beginning, and maybe that's my fault, um, one of the stipulations for this draft that we said or in the rules – was that we are going to consider that our team will be there for three years. So that kind of adds to the strategy. So, um, again, Mike Tomlin winning every year is, is a good thing. So um, just to avoid people saying, hey, I'm just going to go for broke and I don't care how old the player is, we do want you to consider um, the age of your players, like the relative health of, you know, like the position groupings and stuff like that. And coach as well, I guess, could be a factor. You know, I don't know how old Pete Carroll is. Um, I think he's like in his 70s. So like him, Belichick, like those guys are older too. Um, so just a heads up, that was included in there as well for the rules. Um, so with that said, I am a little bit lost for words right now because I did not expect, to be honest, either one of those seems to be one and two <laughs> off the board. That is unbelievably shocking to me. And I have so many options now. I'm like, it's one of those things where you get too many options and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Um yes. Fortunately, also, it's a snake draft. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, now that me and Austin have made our picks, it's like, wow, organizations win championships, and we're on the side <laughs> of the GM. So you guys are on the side of organizations, coaches, not the players. That discussion that we have on a podcast, actually, Austin and myself were with, with Faisal, you're kind of on our side and the opposite side of Faisal where you're more coaches, organizations, GMs rather than the players. Is that safe to say? Based off of your book, at least? Only the right ones. Like not the ones okay. who are just savvy with the media. Like okay. I'll, I'll shit, I'll shit on some coaches that I think just suck, have like leak things to the media and like they just have like a sterling reputation. 
or they just they just don't get criticized as much as I think they should. Have. Okay, I feel like but, you have um, a coach in mind. I'd love to hear. Yeah, that do you have a, yeah, I feel like you've got a very specific one that you're thinking of. Oh, sure. Do you guys want to guess? Uh, I mean, besides Kyle Shanahan, or is Kyle Shanahan the one? <laughs> Not Kyle Shanahan. Austin. Sean McVay. No, actually, I think it's uh, Sirianni, who I think is garbage uh-huh. as the Philly offensive coach, and like. Especially a city which people like him. Who likes him? I don't know. I don't know. But there's just not enough um, critique out of a city who hates everybody for that man. Um, Literally, they ran Doug Peterson out. I don't care if he's like like a country bumpkin looking guy. He won a Super Bowl, (laughs) and that's something. And like two years out, he's out of a job. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and with a backup quarterback, like I. Yeah, I just I don't understand how Nick Sirianni like has escaped from like any real criticism. Um, granted, maybe there's no expectations this year, um, but I I um, think that's part of it, right? I think I think part of it is that there's no expectation or not a big enough expectation with Jalen Hurts, right? I think when they got rid of Carson Wentz, they were like, okay, well, we don't really know what we have in Jalen Hurts. I don't think from all the from everything that I've seen as far as like articles and stuff like that is people are saying they don't believe that Jalen Hurts is their quarterback of the future and he was more of a transition quarterback just because of how quickly they made the decision to get rid of Wentz and stuff like that. So I don't know if they believe he's the quarterback of the future and that might be why they're giving him a break on – that whole offense in general. I will say I am 100% in agreement with you that he should be getting more criticism because even if he's a bad even coach. if you don't think that he's the quarterback of the future or I guess especially if you don't think he's the quarterback of the future, you would think you would be running the ball more, right? And especially in the beginning of the season, you would think you would be running the ball more because you're seeing how it helped them later in the season running the ball more. And I know Austin and myself talked about this just from a fantasy perspective, that it was frustrating as a fantasy owner. But in general, just as a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, if you're watching as a fan, everybody in their stadiums is shouting for them to run the ball more. And somehow Nick Sirianni continues to pass the ball with Jalen Hurts, who throws multiple interception games over and over again. He is basically a slightly younger probably maybe more potential. I, I don't even know a version of Jameis Winston when he was in Tampa Bay where he just throws picks, except actually I take that back. That's an insult to Jameis Winston because Jameis definitely had more talent. So Jameis could at least throw touchdowns. You know, I know he's throwing picks to the other team, but he was throwing touchdowns too. So um, anyway, so with that said, I'm going to go. Yeah. Oh man. You guys made this really hard. Um. So I think I'm going to go because we're looking at present and for the next two years. I'm going to go first pick uh, quarterback. Actually, no, I'm going to go first pick quarterback. Um, So I think I'm going to go to the quarterback group room of the Chiefs. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Not because I believe Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal or anything like that, but because the quarterback I actually wanted to take is a little bit older, uh, Michael on Jeopardy, and I also want a different position grouping from that team, actually. And so that team is um, the Packers. 
So I know everybody hates the Packers. I hate the Packers too. But I also have to recognize when there's talent there, right? And so the Packers secondary, defensive backs uh, is where I'm going. Jair Alexander, uh, Jair Alexander Stokes, uh, Rajul Douglas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm going with Packers secondary because I do believe that it's hard to find teams that have multiple corner uh, defensive backs that are good. There was one other one, one other team that I really wanted to consider for this, but uh, you should wait. I will say, I, I'm surprised you I, took you know what? I might, the Packers at DB. On. Go I, ahead. I, I might change this though because I. I'm trying to think of my the second pick. The pick is in. Damn it. Roger Goodell. Right, fine. Fine. The pick is fine, in. Fine. Fine. I'll stick, you know, with, I actually, I'll stick with it. The Packers have fine. a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I wanted the Packers front office because you have to be doing something right to draft two quarterbacks in essentially 35 years. To have two starting quarterbacks in 35 years. Yeah. Admittedly, like that's what I was going to say. Like So there were – uh, for the Packers, I would have picked the quarterback room only because, hey, you have Aaron Rodgers. Even if he leaves, I have Jordan Love now, who is supposed to be decent. But at least I have a chance on him. The Packers, the other reason I want to take them, defensive backs, uh, wanted to really consider that. There's there's another secondary that I really wanted to take that I didn't want to take for the, or that I had just slightly behind the Packers. Um, and when that team comes off the board, I'll talk about it. But So those are my two picks. So. Quarterbacks, Chiefs, and defensive backs, secondary uh, Packers. So we'll take those guys off the board. And then I believe uh, Ashok, you should be next, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Two small comments. Uh, You mentioned that you you don't necessarily think Patrick Mahomes is spectacular. I think he is. He's the best damn quarterback in the NFL. Like, full stop. You don't have to worry about it. Um, And then two, uh, we can put some respect on his name. The man's name is Rasul Douglas. Very good quarterback. I'm aware um, of what his name is. I was I was going off the there was a play off of it of casual Douglas. Yes, yes. Very I'm casual. Aware, but, I believe that was actually your your pun the other day. So oh, we upset with with Rasual Douglas. I was not um, upset. I, I like him. He's a good corner. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, so I'm well aware of that. And in Mahomes, I'm not how do I put it this way? So it's not that he's I guess it, for me, it's saying, hey, here's why I didn't pick Tom Brady, and here's why I picked Patrick Mahomes. Here's why I didn't pick the GOAT. Here's why I picked Patrick Mahomes. Because honestly, because we did this for only three years, I would probably still consider picking Tom Brady only because I believe Tom Brady can play for another two years at a high level because his his game continues to adapt to his age and his talent. So, um, all right, Ashok. Second round pick, go for it. All right, so I'll pivot. Um, so I had to think on the fly because I still, I don't know, I still think it's the organization first. Um, so with that, I'm going to take a front office of the Baltimore Ravens, um, whether it's Ozzie Newsom and then transition perfectly into Eric DaCosta. Um, they are just a team that consistently gets it right, whether in terms of drafting, development, getting the comp picks, um, you know, the only thing you could really fault them for is the handling of the Ray Rice situation, um, in 2014. Um, and I think this is the mark of a good organization. And as like, 
me cynical as it is for me to say, it's like you don't really hear that about them anymore because they have a good PR staff as well. So that's part of the um, uh, organization. Also, they've won two championships since the year 2000. Uh, they keep drafting well. They keep their star players. Um, they have a long-tenured head coach. They recognize talent. They develop talent. They keep talent. Um, so that's why I went to Baltimore Ravens as the front office ownership mm-hmm. aspect. I like that idea. I like the Ravens front office. I agree with you. They do a pretty good job um, of, of picking players. I think more so on the defensive side of the ball, but um, they do continue to churn out uh, superstar players, and we'll see how Patrick Queen does. Uh, I think he's the next linebacker for them that's supposed to be really good after uh, Matthew Judon. So let's see. That would so off the board: Chiefs, Packers, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers. Austin, pick round number two. All right. So I think I have my next two picks. Um, so I think that so. I still think front office is very important, so I'll make that one of my picks. Um, sorry, I take it back. I think that the coach and the front office is important, and I'm struggling to decide which one I want. So I'm going to go ahead and say I want the Patriots. I'm debating between Belichick and the office front office because I think both do an amazing job. I think Belichick is better, but I also feel like Belichick kind of doesn't give a shit, and he can retire anytime he wants. Uh, if he wants to in the next, if we're talking about the next three years and I don't want the pages coach who is not Bill Belichick. Um, that being said, I'm still going to go Patriots at coach. And I think the next most important part of building a franchise is going to be D line. So I will pick the Rams for D line. I think that Aaron Donald is still young. He's still scary. He's still in his prime. I think just Aaron Donald on any D line is good enough to be the best D line in the league. Not saying that they are, just that they can be. That's interesting. Okay, so because Bill Belichick could have been, like you said, he could have been coach or front office because I'm pretty sure he's their GM, isn't he? So he he makes the decisions on the trades and the draft. Um, so interesting that you chose him as a coach versus him as a front office guy. Uh, I don't disagree with that, though. I think I had, uh, for coach, I had Bill Belichick as, as number one as well. I don't know who who else could really top him. Um as far as the Rams, I'm a little bit surprised by that only because we don't really know what's going to happen with Von Miller. But I agree Aaron Donald is definitely uh, still of the high caliber. So can't argue I, too much. Part of it was I don't know if Von Miller is a linebacker or a, or a D lineman because he's technically a linebacker, but he plays in that hybrid where he's always on the line. So I assumed he was a linebacker. Well, yeah, I, I guess I'll say this is in a, it depends on the scheme you're talking about. I guess if you're talking about three, four, maybe you can consider him, you know, D line. If you, I, I don't know, you're right. He's technically listed as a linebacker, so I get what you're saying. Um, but I, I, mean, I think I'm we understand what you Von mean. Miller you're you're taking, my D line. <laughs> I was gonna say I understand what you mean. You're gonna take the, the 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 front four, whatever you want to call it, or the front five, basically the pass rushers and the and the tackles for the Rams. Is that? I think safe to yeah, say. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I'm willing to take just Aaron Donald, to be honest. So, <laughs> you can give me whatever as a bonus. I'll, I, I, I will say I can't argue with you too much there. Aaron Donald is still definitely one of the best uh, defensive players in the game right now. So, all right, Ashok, you're up next. All right. Uh, with my third pick, I'm going to take um, 
the O-line of the team who I actually think is the best O-line in the NFL right now, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Quinton Nelson, clearly the best guard in the NFL. Um, I think it's Ryan Kelly is their center who's injured, but still very good. And then they have excellent tackles, even though they uh, had to replace Anthony Costanzo, who retired this year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is really, really good, and I enjoy having him on my fantasy team. But part of the reason I have him is because I know that the Colts line is a kick-ass offensive line. Um, Much so to the point where they actually interviewed Quentin Nelson uh, before the game because they're like, that's how important this guy is. Like, as like one of those, like, yeah, yeah. But they're like, normally we don't interview uh, offensive linemen, (laughs) but, you know, like when it's somebody that outstanding, I think the only person, like, in the NFL, who's that much better in his position group is who Austin just took and Aaron Donald. So, uh, yeah, give me the offensive line of the Indianapolis Colts because that's how I want to build my um, team on the field. I want to start with the O line first. Okay, uh, I I I will say I had the Colts for running back as well. Um, kind of like you mentioned, I know you're taking them for O line. Reason I liked them for running back was not just because of just Jonathan Taylor, but because their running back room is filled with a bunch of guys, right? It's not just Jonathan Taylor. It's Jonathan Taylor. It's Naheem Hines. Um, and uh, who's – I'm blanking on the other guy. Um, is it Marlon, Marlon Mack? Marlon Mack, a couple of Yeah, years Marlon ago. Mack. There we go. So they got a bunch of different guys that can do a bunch of different things, and it's not just one type of running back. And so that – you know, Jonathan Taylor is phenomenal on his own, and then you have a couple of guys that can back him up in, you know, third down situations and stuff like that. So that's why I kind of like them for that. But I also understand the offensive line pick because uh, the offensive line will probably drive how good your running game is going to be. Um, with that said, I believe I have the next pick. So this is interesting. So I did not have, two. Oh, I had the next two. You're right. Okay. Who? Um, so this is interesting. So Raven, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, the Cleveland Browns for offensive line. The Cleveland Browns continue to have just every year, like a, a, I know they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but kind of like Ashok said, there, there's a reason that Jonathan Taylor's good. There's a reason that the Browns are as good as they are at running the ball. Even, I mean, they don't have a quarterback, right? They have Baker Mayfield who can barely throw the ball, and yet somehow they still manage to generate 100 plus yards of rushing every single game. Uh, they, I think it was last offseason spent a lot of money to upgrade that offensive line through draft capital and through free agency. So I'm going to stick with them for the offensive line. I very much like you guys believe that offensive line is important, but I also thought that I would be able to find a good one because I, and, and be able to get some of the other positions as well. Cause I think I, I, I think there's more, more groupings or position groupings of offensive line than there are of secondaries that are really good. So that's kind of why uh, I went the route that I did. The next pick that I'm going to do is um, I'm going to do coach. I'm going to pick a team that I think probably like, I don't know. The only reason I'm doing this is because I'm worried about a choke. <laughs> so I'm worried that a choke is going to, Actually, you know what? He kind of already picked his coach, but still, just because 
I don't know why. There might be some random reason that he would, for some reason, pick this team. I'm going to pick the Lions, the Detroit Lions, and I'm going to pick Coach. I want, I want me some kneecaps. I want me some kneecaps. Um, no, but I, I, honestly, right? Like, I know the Lions only have, what, two wins now, right? But if anybody watches the Lions and anybody can tell me that they don't believe that Dan Campbell has that team believing in him and playing their you-know-what's-off for him, I don't know what you're watching because you see it in every single game that those guys are trying hard. And they're, they're like, on the brink. Like they, It looks like they're going to upset every single team they play, and they're just a couple points short. And honestly, I think the only thing Dan Campbell is missing is talent on the offensive side of the ball, specifically at quarterback with Jared Goff, right? They have DeAndre Swift. I'm on Ross St. Brown, I mean, apparently. All along. of the running backs are good. I don't know if you saw the game today, but uh, what's no. his face? What, uh, Craig Reynolds. He, not Craig. Craig Ryan? Reynolds, correct. Craig no, Reynolds, Craig. You're sorry. right. Okay. I, there's two Reynolds on that team. I don't know which is which. But he went off, and it's like, that guy is a bum. Or perspective <laughs> before the game was, that guy is a bum. He's like coming <laughs> off the street. There's no reason he should be a 100-yard rusher. I guess the very good playoff-bound team. But that's just my, my little two cents for Kieran. So no, uh, apparently. I, I I love the pick. I like Dan Campbell is the opposite of Nick Sirianni. So I'm going to go back and shit on Nick Sirianni some more because <laughs> I think the media loved just to make fun of Dan Campbell's press conference with the kneecaps. Uh, has anybody seen Nick Sirianni's press conference? It was oh awful. my god, that he, was hilarious. Yes, yes, he it was hilariously so awful. He looks so uncomfortable. He was like scared of the microphone. And that is the last thing I want in a coach. I want the coach to command the room, command the respect of his players. And like, I don't care if you are an offensive guru or genius. You need to be able to communicate with the players. You can hire the right staff around you to develop plays and um, like the X's and O's stuff. I want my head coach to be a leader of men. And that is what Dan Campbell is. And so, yes, okay. I would. Okay, so I, want, so I will bite a kneecap for that man. And I'll up and down. Bite a kneecap on the way up, bite a kneecap on the way down. <laughs> yes, I agree. Jared Koff is not a great quarterback, but well, that's why I have I Patrick Mahomes, right? So, so I've got Patrick Indeed. Mahomes with Dan Campbell. Here's what I'll say. So, speaking of Nick Sirianni's press conference steals, that's literally that. You know, you're bad when the first, like the Google, when you start typing in his name, it auto fills with a suggestion for press conference. That's how you know your press conference was just that bad. That it's like viral for not a good reason. Um, absolutely terrible. And then I will say this. So for coaches, the, the top three picks that I had were Patriots with Bill Belichick, obviously the GOAT, right? I wanted him. The third pick I was going to take would have been the Steelers with Mike Tomlin and, and Dan Campbell was my, my second on the board. So I'm glad I got him because I didn't get Bill Belichick, but I, I'm glad I got him. So, whoo, I feel pretty good about that. So, uh, who's, so who's up now? It's the show, right? Back again. Again. Yeah. Also, for the audience, I guess I should uh, offer the caveat as of um, I did think Patrick Mahomes' frog voice would be a detriment to him in the NFL. So <laughs> take all my opinions with a grain of salt. Um, so, oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, wait, who were your picks, Kieran? Oh, the Browns for O line. It was, okay. Yeah. So Lions. I picked the uh, Browns O line and then Lions, Dan Campbell for a coach. Got it. So okay. So uh, for 
My next pick, I'm going to take the most important position on the field, the quarterback. I will take the Buffalo Bills with uh, Joshy Allen leading my team. I think he's everything big, strong, fast. Um, he's the ideal quarterback, in my opinion. Um, and Dang. so you you have Patrick Mahomes. I should have gone with your strategy. I, will take. I really wanted the Bills at DB. That was going to be my next pick. Uh, I like that yeah, idea. Yeah, but I, I love Josh Allen, and uh, I'm more than happy taking him with the fourth pick. Okay. Um, I, I, I agree with Austin. I, I would have I would have considered them for the DB room, but actually I don't think they were one of the top three that I would have considered for the DB room, to be honest. So that's I'm curious to see where Austin goes instead of that. Austin? Also – Sorry. Also, shout out to backup Mitch Trubisky and his wife, who are expecting <laughs> lovely couple. Oh, nice! You know, oh, you know, I love that for you and the family. Yeah, that was uh, nowhere exactly had to go. Oh yeah, Josh Allen went to the baby shower. There was a nice little picture. Okay. Uh, Austin, your pick. Okay. Um, so now, now is the part where I'm not sure if I just go for like who I want the most. Or do I start strategizing for who you guys are going to pick and plan around that? <laughs> I still think it's relatively early, so I'm just going to go with who I want. Um, and I will take the Broncos DBs. I think they've been a very underrated bunch. Um, they're At least for pass defense. And they play in a division with Mahomes and with Herbert. And they're still holding up really well. And they have, they're have they pretty young across the board. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that, uh, with the Broncos at, at DB. Okay. I, I I love that pick. That's the one I would have gone if I didn't go Packers uh, because of Patrick Sertan. I think he's yes. going to be the next shutdown corner that everybody is talking about like they did with Revis and – and Patrick Peterson and uh, who's a Stefan Gilmore, right? Like I think Patrick Sertan is going to be the next defensive back that everybody in the league is always talking about. So I love that pick. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if the Broncos. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to shout out to Justin Simmons, who I think literally is the best safety in the league. Yeah. That's true. That's, Definite value. Plus, um, is Kyle Fuller on the team still, or is he injured? Yes, yes. Kyle Fuller is still on the team as Kyle well. Kyle Fuller, so. Bryce Callahan, the other Bears who followed yep. Big Fangio. Nope, it's a, yep. it's a great secondary for sure. It's it's a yeah exactly. That's that's why I was I was so close to picking them just because of everything they have. So, and the only reason I had the Bills higher was because I knew Josh Allen is a great quarterback, and it's like if I can prevent Josh Allen from being on a team and I get the DBs, I think that's a better deal than the Broncos, who I think. I would probably only pick the running backs group over anyone. Like, I think that's the only one still in play. I don't really, I'm not sure if, I don't know. I really value any of their position players. Um, okay. So that's why I went with them lower, even though I, I do think that they're a better DB group for the next three years. Um, okay. So and a little then bit of strategy my last there. Pick, okay. Um, speaking of quarterbacks in that division, uh, will be the Chargers. I will take the Chargers at QB. I think Justin Herbert is real. Um, the real deal, and I think that go with uh, Rishi's Justin Herbert. Rishi's crushes, yes, and I think Rishi's crushes crush justified, yes. Okay. 
So Austin's going with Justin Herbert of the Chargers. So you think he's like the new young talent then that's coming through that kind of little, probably not as big as Josh Allen, obviously, but. Yes. But I think in terms of a good pocket passer who's who's coachable, I really like Justin Herbert. Okay. I'm okay with that pick. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. Great pick. Young. Can run this is another one of those where strong. I think the Chargers have too much talent across the board, and I'm afraid of the Chargers being taken at a different position as well. Uh, so it might have been a reach, but it's like their receiving court is good. Their running backs are good. I mean, I'd be fine with any of those three. So there's just too much value with the Chargers that I don't want to leave on the board. Okay, fair enough. Um, Ashok, does that, did, did either of Austin's picks – change anything you had on your board uh no not really um okay. i i mean because I, I agree i actually i don't think it's a reach for herbert if just because the quarterback's the most important position on the field you, you should get the best quarterback you can whenever possible so i'm fine with that um yeah so i, I think i'm okay with those Okay, I just I just wanted to check because I know, like I said, like or like Austin said, he's trying to be a little strategic with his picks. So I wanted to see if that changed anything that yeah. he did. I, for me, it also did not change anything either. So um, yeah, no, I I have, uh, I have a draft board, and um, so far I haven't had to go beyond my second pick on any of those so far. We'll see if that changes, obviously, as we get down later. But uh, I'm doing okay so far, and at least what I value and what I'm liking. Same here. Same here. All right, go ahead. Your next pick. Uh, yeah, so my next pick is one of my secondary options. I went for the defensive line, um, and so I was thinking the same thing as Austin. Give me Aaron Aaron Donald all day if I can. Um, however, since he took them, I'm going to take the D-line of a fellow division rival, the um, Arizona Cardinals, actually. And so, Whoa, okay. Yeah, uh, I think... Chandler Jones is just a monster. They have J.J. Watt, who, you know, off injured, but still very, very good. Uh, and they just bring a consistent pass rush. Like, they're not really, like, spectacular by any, any like, any stretch, of imagi- any stretch of the imagination besides Chandler Jones. Um, but I honestly, I really do think that Chandler Jones is the second best defensive lineman in the NFL, minus Donald. So. Give me him all day. I think he's had over 10 sacks for the last like six or seven years combined. Um, and I think if you talk to Belichick, he's probably the one player that he regrets trading because usually Belichick gets rid of a player early and clearly Chandler Jones just was hitting his stride uh, before he got traded to Arizona. And that was like for a second round pick. So that's well worth Arizona getting a premier pass rusher. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by that only because, and and maybe I don't watch the Cardinals enough to know, I I know their defense is good and I know Chandler Jones is good. Um, I just didn't know as a grouping though, how good the Cardinals were. Uh, and, and maybe they're better than I'm giving them credit for Maybe I'm giving Chandler Jones too much credit to be basically the whole reason that their defensive line is good. So that's why I'm, that's why I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, But I'm okay with that. So I'll, 
I'm trying to figure out what position to go next. Um, I think because I, I have the next two picks. So I'm going to go with defensive line as well, only because I'm worried that this team will get taken maybe for a different position. Uh, so I'm going to go Saints defensive line. Uh, they, even after losing, you know, guys to free agency, their defensive line is still super deep. Uh, their run defense is phenomenal, right? And they still get sacks on the quarterback. They've still got Cameron Hayward and Marcus Davenport. So uh, I, I think the Saints are still a really strong defensive line. Cameron uh, Jordan. Cam- Cam- yeah, what did I say? Hayward of the Steelers. Oh, my bad, my bad. That's the Steelers, though. Sorry, sorry, Cam Jordan, if you ever listen to this, I apologize. Um, I had your face in my mind. I just couldn't remember the name. So uh, Cameron Jordan, Mark Davenport, all those guys picking the Saints for defensive line. And then for I'm, – I'm finally going to go front office again only because – Only because I'm a little bit worried about um, – oh, well, actually, I might go linebacker. No, I'm going to go front office. I'm going to go front office. I'm going to go the 49ers. Um, because, so I was trying to figure out – I wanted to pick the 49ers. I'm just trying to figure out whether I wanted to pick their linebackers or if I want to pick front office. I'm going to pick front office. Because of John Lynch, uh, John Lynch since 2017, that was the year he bamboozled the Bears and managed to get extra picks for Mitch Trubisky, who they did not even want anyway. Um, they got Solomon Thomas, they got George Kittle in the fifth round of that draft, which obviously turned out really well. The draft following that, they got Mike McGlinchey, who is still on their offensive line. They've got Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel. Um, Brandon Ayuk has done decently. Javon Kinlaw. Um, the list goes on, right? I mean, then that front office continues to evolve and adapt and use their picks in a way that's helping the team and building towards what they need. So that's why I'm going with uh, 49ers for front office. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a team that just has a bunch of good players. So somebody got them there. So I, I like the pick. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Ashok, back to you. Good. So, um, I realize I probably did this out of order, but I'm glad it did not screw me over. I should have taken this position grouping uh, instead of the uh, Cardinals. Um, however, I'm just – it's kind of cheating, but because they every the people that I'm about to list are listed as linebackers, I'm going to take the linebacking crew of Tampa Bay – and that's because Jason Pierre-Paul is considered a linebacker. Devin White and Levante David, who are actually like who I consider linebackers, like inside backers, um, who are more like pass coverage and like run stuffing, um, are two of like the premier linebackers in the NFL. And then Shaq Barrett, who just like gets fifteen plus sacks every year. So um, with those, um, what do you call it? Um, Linebackers. With those, like, yeah, with those linebackers combined with like Chandler Jones, JJ Watt, um, I like my defensive front seven. Okay, I I will say I thought about the Buccaneers as well because of uh, 
their linebackers. But then, like, I was I was reading somewhere, so, like, because, like, I remember Devin White was the talk of that linebacking core, right? I think it was, like, two years ago or something like that when he was a rookie. He was – everybody's like, oh, my God, he's going to be the next big thing or whatever, blah, blah. Um, but then I was also reading on uh, – I think it was, like, PFF. They were talking that he's – as for as much as he does, like, the flashy plays – he also actually gives up a lot of plays as well. So it's kind of that give and take of like, okay, fine. Yeah, you're going to make a big play once in a while. But I, I think he's giving up too many big plays. So that's kind of why I shied away from them. Uh, I did like the Levante David aspect, though, for covering covering guys, though. Okay. You know, it's it's ironic because I keep saying I'm strategically drafting so other people don't pick my players. But – for the second time in a row, Ashok has picked exactly who I wanted for a different position. So I was really hoping for the Bucks at wide receiver because I think they have the best wide receiving core from top to bottom. Um, but, you know, got to work with what I got. So um, I will go with wide receiver. Uh, First, let me say this. Know. I'm a little bit yes. surprised that now that you mention it, that – Nobody decided to pick Tom Brady at quarterback. Can we talk I about that? I give him two years. <laughs> I will give him two years. I'm not sure about the third. I know he wants to play till he's 50. I don't know if the. Would Would you not throw away year three though to get two years of Tom Brady? I feel like I would. Except I, I mean, I, I thought about it. I really did. Tom Brady was. I did think about third, it. Third, right on my thing. I just I, I'm blown away, and I know that. I know, obviously, like, Nardo with his touchdown tracker and talking about that on the podcast, it just seems like he's always, like, no matter what, he's every year he's good. And so, like, the fact that none of us decided to pick Tom Brady is a little bit surprising to me. I think also people forget, though, like, he was not great his last season in New England. And I think part of the reason, like Austin mentioned, like, the Tampa Bay receiver group is the best. That's part of the reason he went there. Like there's a lot more weapons and, uh, and it's also warmer, which might have something to do with it. I like, he's still the, the greatest quarterback, obviously, but I, I, I think he is being helped by the players around him, um, which he did not have in new England for sure. I agree. And so it's, it's like Peyton Manning when he went to Denver, right? He went there because they had good wide receivers, right? They had a good offense and good defense. And Tom Brady similarly with Tampa Bay. Except in year two, Peyton Manning, like, fell off the map, right? Like, it was clearly the defense that was winning for them. It wasn't Peyton Manning anymore. But I feel like Tom Brady is still playing at a high level right now. Not not, not to discount the wide receivers, but Tom Brady himself is still playing at a high level. And plus... He's influencing the players around him, like Leonard Fournette, like the Antonio Browns, to not only come there, but then to actually stay on the field long enough. Obviously, Antonio Brown with the whole thing, whatever, fine. For a year and a half, at least, you got him. To stay on the field long enough. That, that's why I'm a little bit surprised. But anyway, all right. Sorry. Go, on, go ahead, Austin. Okay. So, I this okay, so I wish I had the wide receivers, but I'm going to pass on that for now. And I'm going to say I will take... The Bengals front office, I think, especially the last three years, I've loved their draft picks. I think the Bengals got are way more competitive, are competitive way more quickly than I thought they would be. Um, 
I, I think they have a solid wide receiving core. I think they have good running backs. I think they have a good quarterback of the future. They're making good moves. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see uh, where they go. But also I feel like the, the list is getting thin. And front office, like I said before, is really important. And I feel like I haven't given enough importance. Uh, and then lastly, I will go with the Titans at running back. Only because going with the my approach of like take the best at the best position, I think Derrick Henry is the best running back. And he also, I mean, outside of this year, has had amazing longevity, uh, gets tons of carries, gets tons of yards, and seems to do it year after year. Okay, so uh, I had the Titans on the board for running back, and they would have been the only ones left that I would have wanted. So I'm a little upset about that. Not overly, but I understand that pick. And then the Bengals, I'm a little bit surprised you didn't go wide receiver room. I am. But I saw lots of teams with good wide receivers left on the board, and so I'd rather have – and I don't see a lot of good front offices left. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, I was going to say that was my – the Bengals were on my list, but not for front office. They were my second pick for wide receiver room after the Los Angeles Rams. So a uh, little bit disappointed that they came off the board, but I'll take it. So, um, oh, that changes Wait, how I have to do things now. Don't so it's a Shooks pick right now. I, I picked two. I went with the, uh, the Rams, or sorry, the Bengals for oh. the front office and then the Titans for running back. Yeah. So I think it goes right. back to a choke now. Yeah, actually, that was going to be my next pick was the Bengals receiving crew. Uh, obviously, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Um, who's the other guy? T. Higgins. T. Higgins, who I think is the second best one on that on that wide receiving core. I mean, Jamar Chase is only first because of the connection he has with Joe Burrow, but otherwise, T. Higgins is also any other team. Yeah. He's the number one wide receiver. Also, just want to give a shout-out to Auden Tate, who is the oh, yes. NFL's best fourth fourth receiver? Hands down! Oh my no, god, he's, I would love really if good. the Bears took him. Like no, if the, if the yeah, Bears took him, really I'd be good. thrilled. Um, All right, so that I actually did not expect the Bengals to be taken, so I did not have a backup for my <laughs> wide receiver group. So mm, mm. you um, can take a look at the teams that are left. We've got it on the sheet. If you I know it's it's not the best. It's getting so, thin. <laughs> um, I will take the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, uh, wide receiver group. Ah, Justin okay. Jefferson. I wasn't sure if we're going to be running back a wide receiver. Yeah. No, I'm going to take the receivers. Justin Jefferson, obviously, is probably yes. the best young receiver um, in the NFL. The Oh, sorry. Yeah, the other receiver group I was actually thinking about would have been the Denver Broncos, who I think are supremely underrated. What? I like Jerry Judy. Wow, interesting. Yeah. That's Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, um, KJ Hamler's injured. I I love them all. And the problem is is they just don't have a quarterback. Um, so uh, I feel like they're all like middling like wide receivers. None of them are superstar number one caliber wide receivers, though. None of them are Justin Jefferson or or anything like that. That's that's my opinion on it. I, I'm not saying that they're bad, right? I just don't think that any of them are superstars that are going to transform a team or their offense or anything like that. Uh, I think that's why I disagree. I think, like, I'm not going to say all of them, obviously, but I think 
if you get them with a decent quarterback, I think all of them have like the potential to be um, like, like what Amari Cooper was on the Raiders to what Amari Cooper is on the Cowboys. Um, like a legit number one fantasy receiver week in, week out. Um, and like, lest we all forget, Randy Moss was just wasted in a season in Oakland and then turned into the best receiver again in NFL history. Or yeah, I would say the best NFL. Well, sorry, Jerry Rice, then him. Um, okay. And so quarter the quarterback does matter. And so Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater just haven't been getting it done. Um, so I actually, I think Jerry Judy, especially like coming out of Alabama, this guy was supposed to be the best route runner. Um, he's actually athletic, can go up for contested catches and he just hasn't been able to get the ball thrown to him. So, and okay. also they're in a run heavy scheme, which is good because Javante and Melvin Gordon are really good, but it doesn't allow them to showcase their talent as much. Uh, okay. But yeah, anyway, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson is the young stud, up and rising uh, receiver. Adam Thielen uh, is just a, you know, basically an undrafted free agent who just has made himself into a superstar. And he, year in and year out, they keep saying his touchdowns will regress. And year in and year out, they do not. So um, I'll take that. And then um, the only other wide receiver I know on the team is KJ Osborne. Um, seems to be doing okay. So I'll take that given with what I, with what we have right now. He is on your fantasy team. So he's helping you out in in some way, Mm -hmm. at least, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So I think, does that make me next then out of the next two? Yep. Those picks. Uh, I'm going to pick the Seattle Seahawks. For wide receiver, because there's not really a whole lot of teams left on the board for wide receiver. Um, there's only one other team. I actually on the had board. them over the Vikings. Really? Yeah. I I would not I think, put them over the Vikings. Well, they they'd be neck and neck. I don't know that I'd put them over the Vikings. Um, I think it's reasonable. I mean, DK is amazing, and Tyler Lockett is a very good receiver as well. Right and Freddie Swain and, and those guys. It's it was it was one of those things where I'm looking at the board and there's not a whole lot of other uh, teams that I would have picked where they had multiple wide receivers that were good. Right, like Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver too. I'll take that any day of the week. Right, so that's my wide receiver grouping. I'm a little bit torn right now as to what position to go to because. I know a team I want for a position, but I don't feel like that position is nearly as important. So I think, um, I think I'm go. All right, I'm gonna go running back. Carolina Panthers. <laughs> it's your, it's your boy Christian McCaffrey was injured it's, all the time. I, I yeah, I, I have to right. He's he is. I think I mentioned this. Obviously, he's out right now, and he was out for parts of the season. Um, I think I mentioned this when I was talking to somebody else, that I saw this in like one of the press conferences when Christian McCaffrey went out in week two or whatever, week three, that Matt Rule said, we are not the Carolina Christian McCaffreys. We have other players on this team. And my immediate thought was, no, you are the Carolina Christian McCaffreys. In fact, maybe – you guys should actually change your name to the Carolina Christian McCaffrey's because that's literally your entire team and you can see them 
just unfolding without him. They can't do anything without him on the field. Their running game is okay. It's not great without him, but he can – not only is he a running back, but he's like a pass catcher right out of the backfield or even lined up in a slot. I think he's a mismatch, so it works out for well for me that, you know, like I wasn't thrilled about the Seahawks. Like I like him. I like DK, obviously, like Lockett, but now that I have Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield to catch passes too and run the ball, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So um, those are my – that two of them, right? Yeah, those are my two skill position picks. Um, all right, who's next? So back to a choke then? Yeah, so I'm disappointed that you took McCaffrey. Well, mostly <laughs> because that my pick was actually going to be the Carolina secondary. Um, I think oh. they're mm-hmm. underrated. They've got JC Horn, who yes, who I think it will be another great shutdown corner. They also have Stefan Gilmore um, mm-hmm. and his return was underrated just because the entire offense just completely tanked. Um, but he's still good. Like he was guarding Kyle Pitts at the end and made a very good defensive play in the Atlanta game. I haven't really seen much too, too much Carolina games after that, but um, I, those guys I like Jeremy Chin, the defense or safety. I love them. Yeah, I I will say the Carolina Panthers, I had them for front office was one of them that I considered only because obviously they drafted McCaffrey, they drafted J.C. Horn, um, the linebackers that they've drafted in the past, and even the yeah. linebackers that they have now. I think that was the other reason I was torn because I was like, do I pick the Panthers for the linebacking core? Because their linebacking core every year seems to be, you know, filled with guys that are just great at their position, whether it's middle linebacker, outside linebacker, um, in that more traditional sense, rather than the three, four rushing. Um, they never have holes. That's really, I think the most impressive right. part. It's never yeah. a weakness. Right. And their run defense is usually pretty good too. So I was a little bit torn on that, on where to pick them. So, uh, I can understand that. Yeah. So, um, I'll go with my second pick then. Um, I still want to take secondary, uh, and I'll take the Miami Dolphins. I think they've got two shutdown. I like corners. that pick a lot. Thanks. Yeah, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. Um, they have a rookie at free safety named Javon Holland, who's like he's made an impact so far. Um, they have Eric Rowe, who I could be wrong. Is is he a former Philly guy or is he a former Packer guy? Um, regardless, I think, you know he's a solid, you know. Safety. Also, just like looking. I thought he was a Patriot. Was he? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, That makes sense. He followed Flores down. In addition, (laughs) they have like Jason McCourty, um, Uh Noah Igbenogane, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. He's a first round pick. And then uh, Clayton Fedulum. I liked him as a safety in Cincinnati. So um, they just have a very talented at the top end and deep safety and secondary and especially in an out and foul where you need like your nickel corner is basically a starter i think that's a i think i'm i'm pretty happy with the value i got at that pick one of my that, favorite like dolphins sorry go ahead Karen, you first no go ahead you go ahead i was gonna say the dolphins have been thrown at have had the ball thrown against them the most and they're top 10 in both completion percentage and yards attempt yards per attempt which I think is like the metric for a good pass defense. Yeah, that's super impressive. They they were 
on my board. So the three that I had on my board for secondary were Packers, Broncos, and Dolphins. Uh, I really liked, like you said, their defensive backs. And also, they're being coached by Brian Flores. And so everything from New England and their secondary kind of deal is kind of just trickling down to Miami and everything that they're learning and all that and the way they play is very, very similar. And so I kind of think of the New England secondary of even even their secondary now is still pretty good, but their secondary of old, basically kind of that mentality coming down there. So love that pick, especially at this late, late juncture in the draft. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was like undervaluing the secondary in general, but I figured I could get, I thought I could get the Panthers pretty late. Um, but I was wrong about that. Um, but I think it's just a position where you need studs, but I think there's just more and more shutdown corners readily available. Um, and you can potentially coach them up, um, if available. Yeah, it's uh, well, so I don't know about more shutdown corners available. See, the, for me, like when we were picking these groupings, I was trying to look for teams that had multiple, right? Because that's harder to find, right? You can find maybe one, like a one, a one good defensive back on a team. But for a team to have, like you were talking about, the depth, that's a little bit harder to find. So that part for me was why I like the Dolphins and why I'm surprised that they managed to go as late as they did uh, for you. But, the, hey, that works out. So, um, all right, Austin, I believe you are up next. Is that right? Yes. Um, so I think I will go with the Raiders for a tight end. I think Darren Waller is a <sighs> very good tight end. Um, I'm still looking to fill my wide receivers, but I figured – that was the most – I also really like Kyle Pitts, not going to lie. He was – those are the two teams I was considering um, at tight end. Um, but, yeah, I, in the end, I was like, that was the most obvious. I still think there's there are lots of good wide receiving cores left on the board. <laughs> and so, I know. I Where? Know. <laughs> Where? Okay, hold think, on. Just to point this out. The teams, okay. <laughs> the teams left on the board. The teams left on the board. The Falcons, the Bears, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Jets, Eagles, and the Washington Football Team. <laughs> okay, I will take Scary Terry. I am actually. I think the Jags wide receiver core is very underrated. I'd be happy to have those three on any team. I think that the Eagles are also talented. Maybe could you, could paints, you, but could you name the Jaguars receiving core for us just so the audience? Sure. Uh, uh, Lavishka Shinalt, I think, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., and DJ Chark. I, I think those are three good wide receivers. Oh, you're right. I, I, I did for it. Chark's injured, right? So I forgot. Yes. Yeah. But I think that that's an anomaly. I don't think he's like perpetually going to be injured. I think I think that's a solid three wide receivers. I'd be happy. They've all been fantasy producers for the past three four years. Well, provided they've been in the league, um, so I, I think I'm happy with that. I think Allen Robinson is just supremely wasted at wide receiver, but he's very talented. I think Darnell Mooney is a good wide receiver. I'm okay with that as a wide like a one two punch. Um, I think that um, what's their face on the Eagles, uh, Devonte Smith and um, 
So wait, which one? Because you have the next pick also, I think, right? So I do. You, I you, do. I'm just saying that there are there are at least a handful of good wide receiving cores, and okay. I think that McLaurin is, in my opinion, in the next three years, going to be a tie five wide receiver over the next three years. Out of all and, the teams that are left on the board, or uh, McLaurin is definitely hands down the best wide receiver out of all the teams. The grouping itself. Yeah, the grouping is not great. I, you're right. I don't. I don't know who else is on his team as far as wide receiver. No. That because Curtis Samuel seems to be injured all the time. Um, yes. So I. I don't know about the grouping, but as far as pure wide receiver, like best talent, hands down, Washington Football Team, Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, hundred percent agree. So I'm who are you okay picking with then the, with your next point? Uh, next pick then. So I'm gonna go with. Oh, see the the or, funny thing was before we started talking about wide receivers, I was gonna go linebacker. And now I'm really rethinking it because I just told you everything I was thinking at wide receiver. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go with the Bears at linebacker. I think they have a solid linebacker. Oh. And I think defense is slightly more important than wide receiver or than uh, offense if you're building a team. Um, and I think that there's also plenty of good wide receivers in the league in general. So I go with the Bears linebacker. In, in this case, in this case, Khalil and Robert Quinn are considered linebackers. Yes, on the on the Bears, so I saw I did look that up on the depth chart. They're both listed as linebackers. So, um, yeah, you've got your three-four defense with Aaron Donald in the middle, and then the Bears linebackers kind of on the outside with Khalil Mack, and and uh, and you've got Roquan Smith in the middle of that too. So. Actually, not a bad front seven for you right there. Um, I don't know who you're going to have Justin Herbert throwing the ball to. I guess if you've got Derek Henry, you probably don't need Justin Herbert throwing the ball that much, but uh, that'll be interesting to see. Okay, I'm a little upset about that because I did want the Bears linebacking crew. I I thought they would be a a good late round because what else are you going to take from the Bears kind of deal? Um so I'm a little bit bummed that you took him, but I'm curious to see where his show goes with his next pick. Patriots are off the board, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can see. The, uh, so who's left on the board is Falcons, Texans, Jaguars, Giants, Jets, Eagles, and Washington football team. So basically the NFC East Got is left on the <laughs> Yeah, actually, wow. Um, hmm. Which are you? Are you uh, trying to figure out so uh, running back I'm or tight end? So I got, yeah. So I'll whatever. I'll just <laughs> give me the generational talent. Like honestly, like tight end was honestly my last position. I was gonna take. Kittle, if any, if San Francisco lasted, but like like Austin said, I'll take the supposedly generational talent of Kyle Pitts, who the bum Matt Ryan cannot get the ball to. So <laughs> I'll take. But uh, like in the NFL, there there have been two players since Calvin Johnson who are above six five or six four six above six four with four three speed or better. And those are Kyle Pitts and Chase Claypool, actually. Um, neither That's of which have been producing. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, just like pure on pure athleticism alone, I was like, all right, well, that's yeah. that yeah. that intrigued me. So I will I'll take Kyle Pitts, and like he's he makes some plays. I think he's just in a crappy, crappy position. So yeah, uh, bad quarterback, uh, bad situation, offense, bad scheming. Yeah, everything's yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. I was really hoping like Arthur Smith being like a very good offensive coordinator plus Matt Ryan, I thought would be a competent quarterback would be a good combo for him, but it may, I think he's still actually having the best rookie season of a tight end ever. It's just really like, yeah, I I actually, I have to double check, but I think he literally is. Yeah. It's still the best rookie season for a tight end ever. Uh, but it's just compared to his expectations. It's just so disappointing. Um, so, um, yeah, he'll be my pick for tight end. Okay, that's uh, I'm a, interesting. I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. There's not a whole lot of teams left on the board. Um, that might have been the direction I probably also, went to. Yeah. Also, it boosts my, you know, gives me a third receiver essentially, and with Jefferson oh, okay, yeah. Thielen. Fair okay, enough. I just want to quickly. I don't need my tight end to block. <laughs> Does anyone know who's had the most receiving yards as a tight end as a rookie tight end? Besides Kyle Pitts, or it's not Kyle Pitts. Kyle not Pitts yet. is not the top. I think he's I he's third right Ditka. now. It is Mike Ditka in 1961. Oh my! God. I think for all the evolution that the tight end position has gone through, it is crazy that that record is still 50 years old. Sorry, 60 years I old. 60 years old. Yeah, rookie tight ends suck. That's just like how it always happens, and so yeah, uh, tight ends don't just takes don't them a while get for good. whatever reason. Yeah, until like three or four years in, and all of a sudden they just explode off the map. I mean, I don't know why they're not good, but oh well. Um, okay, so just wait. Sorry, then, just curious, how how many point? How many more yards does Pitts need? Uh, Pitts is currently at eight forty-seven, and the record is one thousand sixty-seven. So he's close. Okay. Yeah, he is close. That's true. Uh he, he might be – well, Matt Ryan can't seem to throw the ball to anybody this year. I, you know, there's talk about, like, Ben Roethlisberger retiring after this year, which he probably should because he can barely move around on the field. It wouldn't surprise me if Matt Ryan is also – like, this is his last year because Matt Ryan also does not look like he's doing very well on the field. I don't know if you guys feel differently about that. but No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger has gotten a lot of attention for it, but I think Matt Ryan is quietly having just as disappointing of a season. Yeah, I yeah, and I I I think teams should really like invest in the type of backup quarterback like Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, Gardner Minshew, like basically like Yolo Chuckers, who will (laughs) who will run around, like can make plays. They can actually run an offense, play in the pocket can rush um like like that is like your ideal backup quarterback and like i think atlanta's backup is josh rosen which yes. i mean god bless Oof. him if he, if he can resurrect his career good but you know i'd rather have somebody exciting as my backup it's interesting that you said that because i feel like with most nfl teams it's if you have a good team it's i'm gonna go safe and conservative with my backup someone who who won't lose me a game but you basically describe someone who can win or lose you a game if they start. Yeah. Cause yeah. like, like when the Indianapolis Colts like lost Peyton Manning or like, or there was some quote attributed to the general manager back when Peyton Manning. It's like, they're like some, some reporter asked them 
why doesn't the backup quarterback practice? And he's like, well, if he plays, we're fucked. And we don't practice <laughs> fucked. And I was like, that's a dumb mentality. Like, and yeah, it's just, I was just, that was so stupid because you have to plan, especially in the, the NFL, like you almost have to inevitably plan for two QBs at some point. And so, and actually going back to the Ravens pick, this is another thing I forgot to mention. Um, they, they preach something called QB redundancy. So they have Lamar, who's obviously the talented, you know, MVP quarterback, but then his backup has always been somebody who does similar is a similar skill set, whether that's RG3, Tyler Huntley, or even Trace McSorley. They're all mobile quarterbacks um, who can stand in the pocket a little bit. Um, you know, there was no need for Joe Flacco uh, to be, because that's just a completely different game plan. Um, and I think part of that foresight in a front office in like that redundancy is actually a good thing. That's one thing the Philly um, front office, because I think at least Minshew is similar to Hertz and that he can throw and run, um, which is important. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I don't know where we started with that conversation, but I don't either. I don't remember. (laughs) Something about Kyle Pitts and Mike Ditka. Oh, about the tight ends and the receiving. Who has the most receiving yards as a rookie? Yeah. Um, so that's where we started. Well, Kieran, now you have your back-to-back Sorry. last picks. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Actually, there's three picks left for Kieran, so. Oh, with the... Uh, we still have location, which I think all of us are going to save for last. Right, exactly. And oh. we'll save that for last, and that'll what? be the snake back. So I have my two picks. And oh, looks- is that... Wait, sorry. Does the location have to be part of the remaining um oh that's, does, that's fine. either that or somewhere new it's either the part of the remaining okay, or or an expansion location that isn't one of those teams uh but it can't be okay. one of the teams you already picked how about that so um could sure. make it a little bit yeah little that's bit, fine. okay know, change so um ah, this is tough so i think for tight end I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard. I like it. I I also don't value the tight end all that much, but Dallas Goddard is 26, so he's right in that sweet spot of about three or four years out of the draft, right? And so kind of the spot for him to be start climbing up the ladder, which he's he has been doing, which is why they – feel like they felt comfortable getting rid of Zach Ertz also is because they're like, all right, hey, we've got Dallas Goddard. He's playing well. Um, and he just signed a extension, I believe, as well with the Eagles. So four-year extension. So he's not going to go anywhere either. Uh, so I, I like having that as the end pick for tight end. I I don't feel like tight end is all that important anyway. I've got DK Metcalf and Christian McCaffrey. So really, how much is my tight end going to be getting the ball? Um, for linebacker. This is a tough one. I think this is more of a strategy one. And this is a strategy one because I want to screw over you guys because (laughs) I don't know who you guys would pick. But I also – I found this out. So apparently Landon Collins got moved to linebacker um, even though they're like treading on – because I don't know if he – maybe it's because he wouldn't get paid as much as a – defensive back at linebacker. I'm not really sure if that's why, but um, he even says 
Like one of his quotes is, do I like playing linebacker? No, I don't like hitting big linemen and getting big linemen off me. Because uh, he talks about being undersized for a linebacker. Um, so because of that, I'm going to pick the Washington football team. It will also allow me to say that you don't get to pick Scary Terry for your wide receiver, Austin, and Ashok <laughs> does not get to pick Antonio Gibson for his running back either. So uh, it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the screw. And actually, my... surprisingly, oh, go ahead. No, you first. You first. Finish it. Finish. I, I was going to say surprisingly, I think the the Washington football team linebacking core is actually doing pretty decent this year yeah they are. so um that's the other reason i'm picking them is not only are they doing decent but it's a you know a little knife in the back to those two so yeah i'll wait till a choke picks but i feel like you doubly screwed me over because now it forces a choke into, <laughs> into picking a certain way yeah uh can we just recap what teams are left the bears texans jaguars no, no, no. Texans, so, Jaguars. so there's only four teams left and there's only two spots left. So Shoke needs to fill running back, and Austin needs to fill wide receiver room. Um, four teams left are the Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, and then the two New York teams, the Giants and the Jets. Hmm. I, mean, I think this is a no-brainer for you. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take Saquon yeah. um, and the Giants. Ah, interesting. So, um, I thought you were going to say the Jaguars because Saquon is what? always injured. So wow, wait, you would, you would super, he's still super talented. Um, who's, who's and, their backup? Um, I think it, or, oh, damn, it's like Devonte Booker. Who's fine. You know, he's adequate, but okay. I mean, we're, yeah, like I am going on the assumption that with my kick-ass offensive line, People like Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack and Jonathan Wilkins, who have had plenty of success running behind them. Um, I'll take Saquon and whatever scraps are. Like, oh, I think it's like actually Elijah Penny. That's uh, Rashad Penny's brother is yeah. one of their backup running backs as well. So I'll take the Giants. Austin, why would you take the Jaguars? Because of James Robinson? Yes. And I think that having a healthy, good running back is better than having an injured superstar. I forgot who said that, who had this quote, but someone's like the best ability is playability, or yeah, I think it was playability. Um, yeah, av- availability. Yeah, availability. There we go. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's like I'd, I'd rather have someone who who's on the field than a stud on my bench. Okay, I'm I mean, I'm a little bit surprised by we'll, by that. Yeah, because we'll I I it. I think I was gonna say I would agree. I would rather take Saquon. Also, the other reason is because. Like obviously, I took the Panthers. I have McCaffrey, but I I don't think the running back position, unless you get a generational talent that can stay on the field, <laughs> I don't think the running back position is all that. Like, I don't, I don't know if rare is the right word, but like, I think we we've talked about this a show that running back you can almost find them off the street. I mean, that's maybe that's a little bit too. Too general of a term. I would disagree like with you that. Can find, you can, if you can easily find a good running back that isn't even drafted. But I think Why that's you- from scheme and from offensive line and coaching up. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan and his father before him have always <laughs> produced great running backs. Like, True. they're just extremely, extremely good at it. Um, but, like, 
there's a certain tier of running back where just like athleticism and power are valued. And so that is Saquon. That is Jonathan Taylor. Um, surprisingly, also like when I, um, going back to draft comps, uh, Antonio Gibson and Jonathan Taylor have the same size speed combo. Um, so that's why I was really attracted to Antonio Gibson in fantasy. Cause I was like, all right, well this guy just as big and just as fast. Um, and um, our Derrick Henry, obviously. Um, I'm trying to think who else, but yeah. Af- after that, yeah. But I-, I do like a home run hitter, and so Saquon's a threat to take it to the house every single time. I think he just plays behind a crappy offensive line with a crappy quarterback, a crappy coach, um, receivers that are always injured. So I'll I'll still take the talent with my last pick. So. Okay, I'll take that. Um, so then, last pick goes to Austin for. I, at I least will take the positional. Jaguars. Yeah, and I am very happy with that pick for their wide receiver room. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I personally see that as a little bit of weakness for you, but oh, definitely. You, you have Derrick Henry, so you know you've got a good running back and, and a good old line behind that running back, and and a and a tight end that can catch the ball. So you almost. Almost resemble one of those teams that's a little bit more uh, defense oriented. I I built my I built my team around. You have the Patriots 2.0, where you have like a team that can run the ball. You have a young quarterback that can throw. You have a really good defense, and of course, you're the Patriots coach. Mine is the quarterback. I model my team after what I think the ideal Bears team looks like, which is investing in O line and running back, and then your D line and your secondary. And with a solid linebacking core. I think the Bears have gotten lucky with linebackers, maybe more than other teams have, with like exceptional generational talents. But I think if the Bears focus on that, that's what that's a team that I want to see and root for year after year. Okay. Uh, just real the just looking at the draft board that's left, there's only two teams left, obviously. The the hapless New York Jets, obviously not chosen, and then the Houston Texans. Just a quick note. I would have considered taking the Texans for linebacker if I was not trying to screw over you two. Uh, their linebacking core, I think, is actually pretty decent, and they're also being coached by Lovey Smith, who, if there's one thing he's really known for, I think that's probably it, right, is the linebackers, that defense. Uh, so I think he would have done a good job there. With that said, just a quick recap of the teams, and then maybe you guys can talk about is there something you felt like you would have done differently or is there something you felt you reached for knowing what happened? And then we'll get into location after that, okay? So my te- uh, let's start with Austin's team first because I think he drafted first. So sure. his team, uh, quarterback, chargers, running back room, titans, wide receiver room, jaguars, tight ends, raiders, offensive line, Dallas Cowboys, defensive line, Los Angeles Rams, linebackers, Chicago Bears, Secondary, Denver Broncos. Coach, the Patriots, Bill Belichick. And then front office, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, So, Austin, anything on that that you're upset about? Anything on that that you thought you probably reached for and maybe you could have gotten something different? I think, ironically enough, I think I reached for the Cowboys. Mainly because I went with – this is all about strategy. Like I think part of it is also just like figuring out what other people want. And I did not realize that all of you – that both of you also valued front office a lot. 
and coaching stuff. And I feel like I could have gotten the Cowboys at a later round and gone for front office a lot earlier than the Bengals. I feel like if I could have flipped those, I feel like I could have gotten more value at the front office and gotten comparable value at the O-line position. But, I will say this. I would have definitely taken the Cowboys sooner, so it's a good thing you took them because I, I would have taken them because I had them at three spots. I had them at linebacker for Michael Parsons. I have, I think he's a generational defensive end. He's the TJ Watt, the whatever you want to call it. And then I would have taken them at O-line like you did, um, and then I would have taken them at wide receiver actually. If I could have held, uh, depending on how long we could have held on, at that I would not have taken ahead of whatever pick you probably would have taken them. But I was seeing how long I could hold out, maybe take the Cowboys for wide receiver. But I had a feeling that they'd probably go ahead of that for offensive line anyway, though. So, um, Shokes team quarterback Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, running back room is the New York Giants, wide receiver room, Minnesota Vikings with Justin Jefferson and aging Adam Thielen and a K.J. Osborne. Uh, tight end room, Kyle Pitts, the up-and-coming rookie. Offensive line, the Indianapolis Colts, Quentin Nelson and their company. Defensive line, Chandler Jones and company. Uh, linebackers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Levante David, Devin White, uh, Shaq Barrett. Defensive back, secondary, Miami Dolphins with Xavier Howard uh, and company. And then coach, Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, and front office, Baltimore Ravens. Ashok, how do you feel you did with with your draft? Is there anybody you felt you reached for, or is there a team you wish you had maybe reached a little higher for? Um, yeah, no, I didn't really reach for anybody because I just went off my draft board and then just kind of reacted based on what you guys picked. Um, I think the only thing, as I mentioned kind of before, was I think I probably picked the defensive line of the Arizona Cardinals too early. Probably could have waited. And honestly, probably the only thing I would want now in retrospect is taking the Cincy wide receiver group a little bit earlier. But since my skill position is a little lacking, but I'll take Jefferson, Thielen, and Cal Pitts to be my pass catchers. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I am a little bit upset that you took the – Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacking core. Uh, I think that would have been one that I probably would have considered taking if they would have been on the board a little bit longer. So uh, my team, quarterback, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, running back room, Carolina Panthers, McCaffrey, wide receiver room, the Seahawks with Metcalf and Lockett, tight end, Dallas Goddard and the Eagles, offensive line, the Browns, defensive line, Saints, linebacking core, Washington football team, Secondary, Green Bay Packers, coach, Detroit Lions, and Dan Campbell with the kneecaps. And front office, 49ers with John Lynch. The only one I'm upset about is, and I'm not even upset about it. I think I took him too early, though, is because I, I should have paid more attention because you guys had already picked your coaches. So it's not like you guys were going to pick them for coach. And I don't know if God knows what else you would have picked them for is the Lions. Because I feel like I could have gotten them later. And the positions that I feel like I – would have liked to get higher would have been the tight end position. I would have preferred getting the Raiders and Darren Waller or um, the linebacking core. I would have preferred getting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Washington football team. But makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that I liked your coach pick. I, I laughed though. Cause I thought it was maybe three or four rounds too early. Yeah, definitely. 
It was one of those things where I, I didn't really pay attention to the board, and I was just worried that Ashoka was going to do something random, and for some re- unknown reason, pick some group in that team that I just was completely unaware of. I mean, their their offensive line is good, so it's not like it's bad, but I, I don't know if yeah. he had already picked that at that point or not, but there were definitely yeah, no, better offensive lines Colts. out there. Yeah, I would have the the lines the lines offensive line would have been a consideration if um, the Colts had gotten sniped for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, if anything, I would have. Just, I thought I could. I thought nobody was going to pick the Lions, so I was just going to wait to get their running backs because I like Swift. Same here, actually. That was going to be my uh, bottom three pick. Okay. And uh, um, the, the new superstar Craig Reynolds, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> whose nickname is Netflix, by the way. In case you didn't know that. So a little tidbit. Okay, Why? so um, cause something about Hollywood, but I can't remember exactly what it is. Craig Reynolds. With that said, uh, oh, apparently, <laughs> apparently they did pick him up off the street, and he was watching Netflix at home when he was called for his chance. <laughs> okay, speaking of running backs <laughs> that come off the street. <laughs> Okay. Well, looks like your your theory on uh, running backs is one hundred percent correct. <laughs> See, there you go. Okay, so with that, Austin, you have the first pick as far as location. Uh, okay. If you want to pick one of the two places on the board, you can. Or if you want to pick an expansion city, okay, that's your other option. So, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I will tell you what I'm thinking, and okay. I think either are fine picks. It just depends on how we interpret this draft. So if I'm building a franchise and New York is still on the board, I'm taking New York biggest market. If you put a competitive team, that's going to be on national television pretty much every week that someone that the NFL can make it happen. Um, So I think I did want to add one more though, as an option that I was considering before I realized New York was still on the board, which is either Waco or San Antonio. Um, I think Waco only because you can, uh, take some of the Dallas population. It's about an hour and a half from Dallas, and San Antonio is a little less than three hours away. So you can get best of both worlds. But San Antonio is seventh in population and only has one professional team. I feel like that's a place where um, you can easily support a franchise and people would care about the sport. Uh, I don't like California or Florida for that reason because I feel like even though they have the population to support it, people are just whatever it is about warm weather whatever it is like people just don't care about football there they're very fair weather i don't really want that but yes jets anyway i'm going with the jets for location nice no no i I like the thought process and yeah no it's a good pick um for my pick actually ironically you laid out the reasons why why i wanted to pick san antonio uh it's like (laughs) I, i think one of the top 10 biggest cities in the u.s Seven. the metropolitan yep. area is yeah the metropolitan area isn't as big as a lot of other ones um but i agree i mean you have texas crazy about football um and they, they already go crazy about their the basketball team so you know that the, the locals will actually would care about football and it's far enough away and there's no college team in town to like take away any of like the like the UTSA Roadrunners are not going yeah, to that's basically it. You know, steal. Yeah, they're not going to steal anything away. Um, so I think it's it would be a great fan base, great location for football. 
warm weather, um, and just kind of like a burgeoning market potentially. Okay. I like that. Uh, I, the only reason I hesitate with San Antonio is because I feel like no matter what, you would still, because of how big the Cowboys are and just their America's team and how big they are, even just even in Texas, right? I feel like you'd always be playing second fiddle. Like you'd be the Clippers to the Lakers, right? That's that's what I almost feel like, and that's that's the only reason I don't like San Antonio. I thought about it because of because of just like you said, population and the fact that it's Texas and they love football there. But that was the only reason. Like I, I don't know if I would want to play second fiddle to to Dallas. I mean, it's reasonable, but I mean, I think like Houston makes it work. Like it's a big city and people have supported the team. They got the Super Bowl. Um, the only, the, actually, the other thing, I don't know how it would work logistically, but Vancouver just yeah. put okay. a team out there uh, and like, you know, slowly, slowly annex I'm, the CFL. If, if Canada was an option, I was also seriously debating Edmonton. Because Edmonton is a godforsaken place, and it would be hell to play there in December. Because it is cold, and it is windy, and it is miserable, and there is nothing to do. Teams would come in and lose their minds. I feel like it would be such an easy place to like market or like to win December, January games. Unfortunately, there's already a built-in fan base to the Edmonton Eskimos. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to uproot that loyal fan base. Of, oh. of the Eskimos. That's true. Plus, plus you have the whole traveling across countries thing going on. So that'd be yeah. interesting. All those unvaccinated players, they're gone. Yeah, that yeah. and the fan base too, right? Your fan base has got to be located I mean, in well, Edmonton. Your fan base can't really travel down to like games in the U.S. all the time, right? Because that it requires I mean, a lot more work. All the other. All the other sports, all the other sports leagues make it work. MLS, MLB, NBA. They they uh, have NHL. I, no, I, I get the team can travel. I'm saying your fan base probably won't travel as well to away games because of the added barrier. Is what I'm saying. I don't think it would travel as well. That's my. But then argument. your home field advantage is also much stronger because it's who wants to fly to Edmonton? That's, that's true. No that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Canadian Fargo. <laughs> to anybody living in Edmonton, we apologize. We do not dislike your city. In fact, we're no, choosing I'm a not going to apologize for telling the truth. No, no, no. I am, I am taking back an apology. Edmonton is a miserable place. The people there know it. Well, then I apologize to the people living in Edmonton. Hopefully, you get a football team now. Well, it looks like you're going to get one. Apparently, your football team, Austin, may reconsider the New York Jets and move his team to Edmonton. The, Justin Herbert, I hate to break it to you, you're moving from LA to Edmonton. So, um, okay. So, so the two teams or two places I I thought of. I I know which one I'm picking. I'll tell you the one that I thought of, but didn't pick, which is Oklahoma City. They have no a pretty absolutely they, not. They have a they have a they have, they have a good fan base for football. But that I don't think could be argued. 
they love college football. They were you saw how enthusiastic they were for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they love them and they show up for them and they show up at the airport for them. I mean, they absolutely love that team. Those fans go crazy for them. So that's kind of why, from a football perspective specifically, I think I would consider it. But I'm going to go with one that actually I, – I just like the city in general a lot. And I've told people, like, this is one of the places I would consider living. Um, it's also, I think, a potential good spot. It's not Vancouver, but it's near there. It's Portland. So Portland, Oregon is where I would put my expansion team. Uh, their fan base with the Trailblazers, you can see how avid they are there. If their fan base is anything like the Seahawks fan base in that northwest area – I can only imagine how loud that stadium would get. Uh, Seahawks, obviously notorious for that. And plus, that would be a good uh, rivalry between you know Portland and the Seahawks. You'd have someone right there next to you for that good rivalry, plus the food and just everything else there in Portland, uh, big fan of. So I'm going to pick Portland as my location for my franchise and leave the only team left on the board as the Houston Texans, who nobody wanted for anything. It's not like they're like a horrible, horrible franchise. It's just that like there's better options on the table. And actually, Kira, I think you neglected one part that I didn't even think about when you mentioned Portland is that they have the built-in connection to Nike. Um, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. That, that, that would be a huge, huge deal. Um, okay. So, that, Actually, I did have one question. So I know you mentioned that you should consider age and relative health. Did we also want to consider legal ramifications? Because there are certain teams that are notorious for having players end up in jail, like <laughs> like the Raiders. I feel like there's a Raider who ends up in jail pretty much every year uh, or every other Wait, year. Really? Like, I mean, Ruggs and Damian uh, Arnett this year, but who else? Well, Arnett uh, was last year back. too. Uh, I don't know. So. Yeah. Because he uh, last year's where Raiders, I mean, like, trouble started, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I didn't think they have a huge problem with the players. I know their fans are crazy and like they're very passionate, um, but their I, their I fan base is is yeah. really passionate. So I, I I would say like if I was going to consider fan bases, like the Raiders are definitely up there as far as passionate fan bases that will stick with you even if you're losing. Same as like the Browns will stick with you too. Yeah, honestly, Austin, while you look this up, I I think the actual team with the most troubled players or has like the most significant incidents is probably Kansas City. I mean, you have Tyreek already, and then um, I think I I I don't know how this story just doesn't get brought up more often. They had a player. And like, Oof. kill his his girlfriend, and then commit suicide in the team facility in front of coaches. And oh, this yeah, was like one. within the past ten years. Javon Belcher, and yeah, like that is just a random footnote in NFL history. Gosh. Okay, you're uh, right. The Chiefs so, have had forty different charges brought against players since 2000. The Raiders have yeah. only had three. Also, they're all in the last year, two year, year and a half. Yeah, and. Yeah, and then also the unfortunate, like the horrible situation regarding the Cream accident Hunt? with uh, Ant- oh. oh Andy. Reed's oh son. yeah, Cream Hunt. I forgot Andy Reid's yeah, son. Cream Hunt is that's the big. 
Yeah, that yeah. that organization is struggling a little bit with as far as keeping that. You know, the the product they're they're lucky that the product on the field is distracting people enough from what's going on in the background. No, I, I think it's not the product. I think it's the fact that they're in flyover country and there's not a whole lot of national media there. I think that's what protects them. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason they can take a chance on people like Tyreek Hill. Um, and like they, they also have a strong organization in general. I mean, but I think that's also part of the reason because like, right, Urban Meyer gets like the – the bad rap for having like the most arrests during the Florida Gators because that's an East Coast team, a lot of people covering it, and there's more media attention. Um, I well, I think there are a lot of people covering know. it too because it's Urban Meyer in Florida, right? I mean, Florida is a big program, right? It's not a small program, so kind of like you mentioned, Kansas City, smaller city in the Midwest, not as big of a program, but. Or not as big of a Kansas City's Kansas City's way bigger than Gainesville, Florida. That's for sure. Yeah. The other team well, I was thinking of, which I was blanking on, was the Cowboys. The Cowboys have, in my mind, always they're always getting into trouble. But is it like serious trouble? I thought like they mostly take a chance on like people like Randy Gregory, who like refused to stop smoking marijuana until the league finally just stopped testing him, I guess. Um, who like They've had, let's see, since 2017, three. They, oh, Greg Hardy was a bad one. Oh, yeah. Randy Gregory has missed 50, 52 games since 2015. Randy Gregory has missed 52 games due to suspension. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of games. Okay, also, Randy Gregory and who was the other person you mentioned? Greg Hardy. Neither of them yeah. are on this list for – Actual charges filed while being a member of the Dallas Cowboys, but they've had ten yeah, yeah, charges. I don't think Randy Gregory was. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, like who? Because Randy there Gregory have been was 10, just like, uh, drug suspensions. There have been nine arrests and one person was charged with a crime in the last five years, twenty seventeen to right now. On the Cowboys. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a lot. Yeah, that's a. That's a pretty good number. That, but yeah. again, they like I said, the, the this this is where I think the product on the field, like yes, it gets pointed out, but it's a blip because the product on the field is producing now. So nobody really, nobody really holds on to that for any longer than it than it really should be, right? Like it just it kind of is there and it goes away all of a sudden because now the Cowboys are playing well. So let's talk about that. True. Yeah. But. Um, okay, so that is the NFL team draft. We hope you enjoyed listening to our kind of thought process of how we drafted a team. Maybe we'll do this again next year just to see. Obviously, teams will change, so maybe this will be an annual thing where we kind of do a position grouping draft and maybe tweak some things here or there and see if there's – uh, different little novelties that we want to add to this or maybe a different spin that we want to put on it. Uh, and maybe we'll actually introduce some more people to this idea as well. So we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Austin Ashok, any last comments on today's draft or anything that you think we missed, errors and omissions? 
No, I think we talked plenty enough. I think this uh, this podcast is going to be like an hour forty five. So, um, <laughs> no, I think it's the we first hundred minute episode. Uh, nice. Um, yeah, no, but it was fun. I enjoyed talking about these kind of things with you guys, and um, it was kind of fun to see everybody's thought processes. Okay, yeah, I, I thought this was a fascinating exercise, and I know we kind of joked about it at the end, but please stay safe. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get arrested. This goes for all the NFL players out there, especially. <laughs> Definitely agree with that sentiment. And we will, if people are interested, we can uh, post the results of our draft so you can see what it looks like. If you're really interested, let us know. Uh, we'll post it somewhere on the Gridiron website somewhere. So have a good one, folks. 